The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the business locker room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the business locker room. Now, here is your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, great to have you on board. Welcome to the Business Locker Room, the show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use to improve your business starting today. No reason to wait. Go ahead and get started. That's the kind of show that we try to put together each and every week. Something that you can use, and we're going to do that this week with a couple of sales superstars, beginning uh, with Mark Hunter in just a few moments, followed by Dan Walshmit later in the show. Of course, Dan being one of the very first guests, actually the very first guest on the show, and excited to have him back, talk more about his book and his recent book tour and uh, more about what it takes to be awesome in the business world. Hey, find us at bizlockerroom.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Kelly Riggs and always welcome your emails. Love to hear what you're thinking and uh, the kinds of guests that you're looking for here on the show. Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y at bizlockerroom.com. Whether you're a sales rep, a manager, business owner, executive, entrepreneur, maybe you just have an interest in marketing, social media, business strategy, this is a place for you to be. Make sure you subscribe, by the way, to uh, iTunes. If you're a first-time listener, go to iTunes, subscribe. You can find us uh, the, each show on our website as well. But uh, you would do me a great big favor if you go on iTunes and give us a rating and review. Hey, tell us what you think. Whatever uh, you think about the show is always good input. And if you're a first-time listener, welcome. Hey, we've got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking sales as I mentioned, with a couple of uh, big league players, guys who have been around, who've done this for a while, and are very, very good at it, have written a couple of books. And we're going to start with um, Mark Hunter. Mark uh, wrote a great book back in 2012 called High Profit Selling, Win the Sale Without Compromising on Price. You want to make sure you find that one on Amazon. That one is definitely worth your read because more and more it's about price and more and more people are downsizing, changing the way they're doing things. And they're focusing more on price, and you need those skills. But he started his company in 1998 uh, after 18 years in sales and marketing for three different Fortune 100 companies. And I'm excited to welcome him into the business locker room. He's the sales hunter, Mr. Mark Hunter. Mark, how are you, sir? Hey, thanks for having me on today. Great Great to have you. Hey, listen, anytime we get a chance to talk sales, Mark, I'm sure you feel the same way. That's a good day. It is a very good day because it means you're living. Yeah, yeah, it means you're doing something. Hey, you, your book, we're going to get to your brand new book, by the way, Advisor Selling, just released. 
But let's go back uh, a few years to High Profit Selling, just a two-year-old book, Win the Sales Without Compromising on Price. That was a bestseller. You've done very, very well with that. Tell me a little bit more about the premise of the book and why you wrote it. Well, the premise is too many people give discounts. And, uh, you know, why? Why are we giving discounts? So what I said was, let's finally write the book. And, you know, there's some other books out there on pricing, but they're all, they're all, uh, um, equation and formula and yet you know this is this is about the process this is about you so what i wrote the book high profit selling win the sale without compromising on price it was hey how do i how do i get that customer how do i track that right customer to begin with and close them at full price full revenue mark you do, is clearly you do not understand my industry is different uh, you know, we, we have so much competition. We're in a down economy. People are giving our products and services away. I mean, I, I like what you're saying in the book, but, you know, I'm being facetious here, but clearly you don't get it. Wah, 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 yeah, yeah. What do you say to that? What do I say to that? It, fine. That's, that's exactly what too many people believe. And, and what it comes down to is your level of confidence going into the transaction is going to determine your level of profit coming out of it. I don't care what kind of commodity business you're in. Customers do not buy anything. They only invest. They invest. What you have to do, what we have to do as salespeople, is turn this up on end. This is what I talk about in the book. You know, how do we focus on that the customer is looking to make an investment? How do I maximize that ROI, whether it be in B2B or B2C? Mark Hunter's my guest. He's the author of High Profit Selling, also a brand new book, Advisor Selling, we'll talk about in just a moment. But, uh, you know, Mark, too many people are trying to negotiate price before they've even put any value on the table. And that's, that's what happens when you're nothing more than a product pusher. How, how do you get people moving off that path and get them moving in a different direction? I'm going to come through and choke you right now on that. You're <laughs> right. They do. They do. And, you know, sell first, negotiate second. Sell first, and negotiate. I tell people to put that as your screensaver. Sell first and negotiate second. What, what, what happens is I can't even begin to negotiate a price with you until I understand, A, what, what are your needs? B, what's your sense of value with regards to money? Are you looking to make a decision now? And are you the decision maker? And until I answer those four questions, I can't even begin to think about negotiating. And yet it's amazing how many salespeople jump. Well, oh, you don't like something? Well, let me make a deal for you. Loser. Oozer. <laughs> Interesting. You know, you, you, uh, you need to be a little more laid back. I mean, you know, you, you're, you're way too confident in what you're doing. You know, when you take a guy that's been as successful as you have, 18 years with three Fortune 100 companies, who's been in the trenches for that long, and you've trained people all over the world. I mean, clearly people need to begin to lock into the idea that, this is not radical. This actually happens, and people are able to sell without compromising on price. But as you mentioned, it really is a process. And Mark, most companies, they don't have a sales process, do they? No, they don't. And that's the problem. That is the problem because they're, because what, what happens is, is, is sales feels that, well, I'll have to go out and I'll have to make the deal as it happens. And what happens is you get your lunch handed to you. Yes. Well, one of the most radical things I, I tell VPs of sales when I'm working with them and we're developing strategies and so forth, I say is, hey, take all pricing authority away from your salespeople. Take all, take, don't allow them to have any pricing authority. And wow. oh, they'll cry. Oh, they'll scream. Oh, they'll kick. Oh, shut up, loser. What happens is after you get over that, you get over that initial shock, then you realize you got to start selling on the value, the outcome, the yeah. investment. Yeah, I mean, you're going to change your ways or you're going to die on the right. vine. You got it. You got it. Hey, good stuff. Thank you so much. We're going to take a quick time out. I'm Kelly Riggs. You're listening to the Business Locker Room on Voice America. 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the Business Locker Room. A little bit of a technical snafu. It seems to happen when you deal with technology. Dan Walshman, by the way, on the rejoin, and he'll join us just a little bit later in this show. Mark and I were in a conversation about the way, we were talking, Mark, about the way the Internet and the advent of social media has really begun to change the game entirely. And yet, uh, I, th- I think the death of salespeople is uh, somewhat premature, wouldn't you say? Oh, it it is death. But you know what? If if all you're doing is conveying the same information that the customer can get on the internet, then you do do deserve to die. You know. Yeah. So it really comes down to what are the questions? What are you bringing to the customer that they can't get on the internet? Yeah, my my position on the internet is people say, you know, now I don't need the salesperson because I can get everything that I need off the internet. My my position is there's so much information available to you. How are you going to sort through all of that nonsense that you need me more today than you ever have? That's that's the whole challenge. There's more information out there. But like you said, it does change the sales process. The salesperson enters into the selling phase later in the customer's buying cycle than ever before because the customer has done the research before they even are willing to raise their hand. Does, does, does it make sense for individual salespeople to have social media presence or is it strictly should they rely on their companies? Oh, they have to have their own individual because too many times what happens is the customer will not only Google your company, but then they'll Google you. And you have to have that social presence. And oh, by the way, I hate, I hate to be kind of blunt, but um, you know, you may be working for one company today and you may think it's, it's wonderful, but something may happen. And a year from now, you're no longer with that company. You've got to have your own reputation out there. You must have it. Oh, that's that's interesting. I, th- I think that's for a lot of people. That's uh, that's cutting edge. You know, you're asking me to uh, you know have my own website, my own blog, uh, social media presence, that kind of thing. But uh, you, you you have focused on what I call, and uh, maybe this puts us both in the same category. You, you're focusing on process in your brand new book, Advisor Selling. But let me begin begin by asking this: Why why a new book? You kind of address this early on in the book, but why did you you guys decide to write this? Yeah, one of the reasons was I've known that this this was a book 
I co-authored with a guy by the name of Matthew Hudson. And uh, we've known each other for about 10 years. We worked together years ago on a consulting project for a Fortune 100 company where we worked with every single salesperson they had in their company. Collectively, we did over a 1,000 ride-alongs. And over that time, we developed a tremendous amount of expertise, tremendous amount of insight. And then subsequently, we've remained in touch. We said, hey, look, collectively, we've got thousands of days of ride-alongs with salespeople. We've got to capture this and put this, in, put this into a book. Thus was born Advisor Selling. Gotcha. Makes a lot of good sense. Well, when, when you talk about uh, advisor selling, you, you make the claim in the book that relationship selling has died, which, you know, I'm, I'm sure for some people that they immediately jump up and say, hey, hang on a second. I, I mean, selling is about relationships. But you make the distinction between relationship and relationship selling and advisor selling. Help me with that. Help me understand that idea. Yeah, because I, I, I can have a relationship with my dog. And I do have a relationship with my dog. My dog's not going to help me with anything. And, and, and that's kind of a basic deal. But advisor selling really has to say that, am I willing to have the difficult conversations? Am I willing to put the difficult questions in front of my customer? Because, again, the customer has all this knowledge, all this information that's available to them. I've got to be able to cut through and be seen differently. Thus, the reason for advisor selling. Because it goes way beyond just a relationship, way beyond. You describe, uh, Mark, a, a process inside the book, Advisor Selling. You, you, you describe a sales process. Walk, walk me through that. I, I don't think that there's enough salespeople that understand that, that selling is very much about process. I love what Edward Deming said. is If uh, you can't describe what you're doing as a process, you don't know what you're doing. And I suspect you subscribe to that theory. But walk, walk me through that process in Advisor Selling. Right. What we did was we broke the selling process down into various steps. And what it comes down to is that I am going to have more problems at the end of my sale in terms of closing if I have not set myself up properly from the beginning. You know, th- this, this is the biggest single problem people have. So we break it down. We have the plan phase, the prospect phase, the prepare phase, the present phase, the play, ask, answer, advise. And by breaking it down... You, you now see, okay, what are the elements I've got to dissect? If you think about it, no different than, say, the NFL, no different than college football. I might lose the game. I might win the game. But within that game, there are elements, there are positions, there are plays, there are, there are certain schematics that did work or did not work. Same thing in sales. We've got to be able to dissect it. And again, that's what we do in advisor selling. You break it down. What's the first step? Well, the first step is, is the plan phase. You know, I, I watched too many salespeople, and I, and I saw this happen time and time again, where, hey, hey, guess what? You are no better than a chicken wing, because all you're doing is winging it. Right. That's all you're doing is winging it. And if, if all we're going to do is wing it, we, we are going to be probably no much, really not much better than a blind squirrel, because even a blind squirrel is going to find an acorn occasionally. When you, when you talk about planning the sale, what, what do you have in mind? I mean, I, I can put a lot of meat on that bone. I'm just not really sure. You know, I'm just getting started. I'm the new guy, Mark, and, uh, you know, I'm relying on you, your experience, your background. You've been successful. I want to walk in your footsteps. Uh, 20 years from now, I want to be where you are in terms of success. Sure. What, what, is, what does that mean, plan? Uh, what's the planning part? What am I doing? Well, we break the plan phase down into three parts, goals, prospects, and prioritize. And what is interesting is we start off with goals in the plan phase. And the simple reason is this. 
if you are not goal-driven in sales, you will not be successful. So you have to begin breaking down. What are the goals? And now I have to say, okay, what are the prospects that are going to fit into that? And then how do I prioritize my time? Because too many times what happens is, and, and we walk through this, we want you to be spending more time with fewer people. Think about this for a moment. Too many people prospect by saying, I'm just going to talk to as many people as possible. I'm going to, I'm going to email as many people as possible. That is the recipe for failure. What you want to be doing is you want to be sitting there saying, no, I don't want to be talking to everybody. What I want to be doing is I want to be talking to a few people more. That's who I want to be engaging with. That's well, the whole. Well, you're turning this thing upside down. I thought sales was a numbers game, Mark. Well, it, it, it is a numbers game, but you've got to have the right numbers. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the whole thing. I mean, I mean, just this last week, Derek Jeter retired from the New York Yankees. And one of the questions that was asked when he first, when he first came into the major league, George George Steinbrenner, the owner who, is, who has since passed away in terms of he was asking the manager that, wait, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're going to give Derek Jeter one of those single-digit numbers? I mean, those are hallowed numbers. And, and it was, yeah, I mean, Derek Jeter's going to wind up, and of course, he wore the number two for all the time he was with the New York Yankees and wore that number, wore that number well, you see. So what I want to do is I, I want to focus my time on, on fewer but be better at it. Yeah, find the right prospects, spend all your time with those prospects, minimize the time you waste on other prospects, right? right. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just getting the right people in the funnel. All right, so you've, you've helped me understand that planning side. Now what? I got the right well, people. Now what do I do? Right, so then I move to the prospect phase, which is where I break it into two parts. It's the research and the sales meeting messages. Now, again, research, this is, this is what's so funny. Hey, if the customer is doing all this research on you before they even allow you in the office, what are you doing on that? But it's not looking at their website. That, that's a bunch of garbage. I mean, you know, you know what's funny? It, it, it's not looking at the website. It's, it's getting that industry information. It's, it's getting the, the ability to be seen right here, even before you've met with them, for them to be seeing you differently. This is where we were talking earlier about why it's important for you to have a web presence. And you do this through LinkedIn. You know, what, what's your ability to create this, to curate this, this, this level of competency that I can begin messaging and I can begin gathering these types of insights? Because what I want to do is I want to be walking into this meeting with this customer because this book is really a B2B type of book. I want to be walking in and I want them to say, hey, I, I, I'm glad you're here. What's taking you so long to get here? Because... You have got insights that I haven't been able to get from anybody else. Well, I tell you what, it's one of the reasons why uh, we have Miles Austin on the show. He's a regular, and uh, he's been gone a couple of weeks. Miles Austin, of course, out uh, doing what high-value people do, out uh, making money the last couple of weeks traveling across the country. He'll be back later in the show with the X's and O's segment. And what he brings to the show, Mark, is exactly what you're talking about, the tools that that give you the ability to find that information. And I, I think you're right. I mean, to me, generally speaking, the person with the best information wins. Right. Exactly. All right. Exactly. So, so I'm prepared now. I've got I've got the right guys. I've got a, enough research uh, to, to know what to talk about when I go into. Now what? Well, then we move into what we call the prepare phase. And here's I'm creating the agenda, preparing your questions, and building your political map. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. What, what, what's that all about? Well, you know, people are people. And, and, and people respond in, in very unique, different ways. And so what happens is the message I'm going to share, the message I'm going to convey, the questions I'm going to ask are probably going to vary depending on the type of person I happen to be dealing with. And we walk, we walk through, 
we walk through in this chapter in terms of, and we share some stories in there in terms of, hey, how, how does this, how does the, uh, how do the questions change based on who I'm dealing with and what are their goals? What are their outcomes? Again, in that whole research piece, you know what you're doing? You're not only finding out things that are going to, you can share with them, but you're finding out information about them. Where do, where do they fit into, in, into the organization? Well, you know, that's that's interesting. You're you're the first person I've talked to that's really explained it that way. I mean, you're always looking for those influencers. And yet it's not just the influence they have on the sale, but it's the personal interactions they have with decision makers. And they all have their own personal agendas. And we call that politics. I mean, I, I think that's that's a great way to look at it. I, I'm calling it out. In fact, in the book, we, we have what we call the five roles. It's, it's, it's the influencer is one of them. Okay, yeah. But there's also the decision maker. There's the coach. There's the evangelist, and there's the antagonist. And believe me, you're probably going to run into each one of those five as you're in making the sale. Because, again, one of the things that this book is all about is B2B, B2B sales, and sure. especially those B2B people that are in a little more complex complex sale where you've got different levels you've, you've got to be engaging with. And if you don't identify who, who is occupying the chair in each one of those five, you're going to get hosed somewhere down the road. Well, now we move, uh, Mark, directly to where most salespeople like to pick up the ball and run with it. They they uh, sort of forego the planning and prospecting and preparation and all that. I get a great lead. I'm ready to roll. Let's get my stuff. Let's get in front of the prospect and let's do some presentation because, you know, that's where I'm going to make, make things happen. And yet what you find is uh, going into a presentation without an adequate amount of preparation is almost certainly a disaster. How do presentations look different when you've gone through this process? And I, and I can't help but think, but suddenly Tommy Boy, the movie Tommy Boy is flashing through my head. And there's Tommy selling those chicken wings right there with what you were saying. You're right. We go, in, we go into sales calls totally unprepared. As we continue talking about uh, the preparation side and presentation, Mark, clearly, like you said, so many people are winging it. But uh, the, these presentations take on a life of their own when you have a better understanding of who you're talking to. And by the way, all of that preparation we've done, we've probably discovered the value that's going to really make the difference when we have to start talking about price. Right. That's it. Because it, this is this 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 is the iceberg. You know what 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 I've done is I've done all the below water stuff. Now I'm finally getting above water, and you know, one of the premises, if, if I link advisor selling back to my first book, High Profit Selling, it, it's all in the preparation, all in the preparation. So what happens is I can walk into this present phase. I can walk into the interview. I, I can tell my story. I, 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 can, I can listen for the goals, the challenges, and the needs. These are the steps that we lay out in the present phase. And what happens is now, now the customer is engaging with me because what happens is I'm on their language. One of the challenges I think salespeople have is they they go in winging it, and as a result, their questions are absolutely stupid. I mean, can I can I just use that con- stupid questions? Sometimes that's a great way to describe it. There's still questions. Yeah, no, yeah. There, there's 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 a place and a time for asking stupid questions, but but boy, what happens? It's is, not in a sales presentation. <laughs> thank you. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Because I am not going to invoke in that customer a level of confidence. Yeah. Very so, interesting. That's great stuff, Mark. He's Mark Hunter, and you want to find him online. He's at thesaleshunter.com. Follow him on Twitter at The Sales Hunter. A guy with a tremendous amount of experience, a couple of books under his belt now. His first one, High Profit Selling, Win the Sale Without Compromising on Price. And now just released in the last month or so, Advisor Selling, 
fantastic book to add to your repertoire. Again, it's process-driven. It's a practical book. It's going to make you a better salesperson. Mark, great to have you on board. Sure appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much. Great selling. Hey, good stuff. Thank you so much. We're going to take a quick time out. And when we come back on the other side, we'll continue the show first with Dan Walshman. He's edgy. And we're going to talk about his book, Edgy Conversations. Then later in the show, the X's and O's segment with my good friend, Miles Austin, back to give us a look at another great online productivity tool. I'm Kelly Riggs. You're listening to The Business Locker Room on Voice America. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Thank you, John Spence. Appreciate the introduction. This is The Business Locker Room, the show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use to improve your business performance. Let's start today with that. Great stuff from Mark Hunter. I want to thank him for being on the show. Find him at the Sales Hunter, thesaleshunter.com. Follow him on Twitter as well. His brand new book, Advisor Selling. Coming up in our final segment in just a few minutes, the X's and O's segment with uh, Miles Austin, brought to you by 4D Sales, our great business partner. Love their product. Uh, big fan, and we'll talk more about that as well. But we welcome in Dan Walshmitt, who, by the way, will always hold the distinction of the very first guest in the business locker room some, some many months ago. And Dan, uh, welcome aboard. And when we started off uh, three or four months ago, you had just released your book, Edgy Conversations. Welcome to the show. Tell us more about the book. Well, you know, when I first joined the locker room, all the towels were fresh, right? All the towels were fresh. (laughs) None of that mold on the walls. It was a nice environment, you know? So you're saying I need, you're saying so, I need some cleanup people. That's what you're telling me. All no, right. no, it was gr- it was great. You know, it's great. It's a wonderful show, and and uh, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. You know, Edgy Conversations has been. Uh, 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 you know, we uh, hit back. So, uh, Dan, you're cutting out on me there. Uh, I, I think maybe that connection is the one that has been challenging us technically today. Let me see if I can get Dan back online. Dan, you still there? I'm going to cut him loose just for a minute until we get him back. I'm going to invite in uh, Miles Austin. Miles, are you there? 
I'm here. Yeah. Hey, I tell you, I think Dan, uh, we're struggling with connection with him. So I'm going to get him back on board. But hey, let me take just a second to say welcome back, my friend. Great to have you. Thanks, man. I've, uh, I'm glad to be home in Seattle. And uh, it definitely there's fall weather here. But after visiting, uh, it's always great to visit. I was up in Times Square for a week at an IBM conference. And I was down at a client a sales convention in San Antonio. And those are great. I had great times. Met some great people, but man, I'll tell you, it's always nice to get home. Well, what's the matter? Is there not enough business out on the West Coast? You got to go clear to the other side of the world to get some business? What is that all about? Well, you know, to tell you the truth, the people on the East Coast and in the central time zone where you are have been telling me that all the smart people live in those two areas. So, (laughs) you know, who am I to decide? I'll go wherever I'm needed. Oh, that's great. Hey, we missed you while you were gone. And uh, we're going to talk today about a brand new online uh, tool. At least it was brand new for me. It's, it's, it, it's, I've started using it, full disclosure. Uh, about two months ago, I started using it. Uh, but we're going to talk about Nimble. And I'm, I'm excited to uh, begin to talk about Nimble and what it is. Give me a little brief overview. I always tell people Nimble is the friendlier, nicer cousin to that monster salesforce.com. Ah, well, that that puts a little meat on the bone. Well, hey, I'm looking forward to having you on in just a few moments. I think we've got uh, Dan back on the line. Dan, are you back? I did. You, it scared, uh, you know, you scared the bejeebers out of me or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, it blew all the circuits. Well, you know what? I, I, I would like to put it off to the fact that we must have millions of people listening in and just overwhelm the system. I, I doubt that's true, but I'm going to go with that. I, I think that's clearly the answer. That's clearly the answer. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, I, I know that uh, the book that you wrote, I was a huge fan, am a huge fan of it because you, you really test and, uh, and ask people to question a lot of the, the closely held beliefs that we have. And many times, uh, as, as you've pointed out, the things that keep us from being successful reside between our ears. It's not so much external circumstances. How does that message play out on the road? Well, you know, I walk a fine line because often when you write a book like this that has uh, strongly held observations, people assume that you automatically have it all figured out. And then uh, <laughs> if you spend too much time with me, you'll, you'll probably even hear me say something like, hey, I don't have it all figured out, which then people are saying, well, why, you know, why, why write a book like this? And I think it's exactly like what you mentioned a few minutes ago is that we have to, from time to time, stop and question. I think that's what makes you know guys like Miles uh, who you know who will be on to talk about technology and, and weaving together the power of that integration to make you a better, uh, more sustainable business. You know, I think that's that's that, that's where innovation happens. That's where growth happens when you start pushing back and saying, "Yeah, I know you tell me I need to do X, Y, and Z, but why? Why? And how does that make me better? And what if I don't? And or what if I double down on it? What if I do it too much? I think many times we fall into the trap of seeing someone else be successful. We see Chris Brogan start communities. We go, "Oh, I got to start a community." We see Seth Godin start tribes. Oh, I got to have tribes. You know, we see lean startup talking about, oh, I, you know, you need to be lean. So we all need to be lean. We all run around with these buzzwords, pretending like we know what we're talking about. And we're just hoping that we get lucky and we end up being as successful as the person who coined the terminology in the first place. And we never own our own lives. We never own our own destiny. We're always mimicking, copying, hoping that the next time will be the time we get lucky. And that's just not a really... That's not a really good strategy for life. Um, So this book pushes back against that. My guest is Dan Walshmitz. You can find him on Twitter at Dan Waldo. And uh, there's there's a lot of guys out there that I recommend to listen and read. 
And uh, he is right up there in, in the top five or 10 guys. You need to be listening and reading. If nothing else, just to question uh, some of the things that you think about and to be challenged. You may not always agree, but I will promise you, you all will, will always be stimulated to think. Dan, I want to ask you, you've been up and down in the business world. You've, you've had a lot of success. And as your book points out, you've fallen off the edge of the cliff too. What, is, what has been your biggest challenge in building your business? What are the, what are the things that really create challenges uh, that you've overcome and you can help guys like us with? Well, one of the biggest challenges I've faced, if we're speaking business, is just knowing what I want to be when I grow up. I'm a competitive person. I suspect a lot of executives are. And so we'll see a challenge. And so every fiber of our being is like, okay, go compete, go compete, go compete, right? You know, mm-hmm. you, you want to be the best. And what happens is sometimes you've got to stop yourself and say, no, 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 no. That's not my game. Uh, that's someone else's game. And so, you know, maybe I could do quite well at it. But it's, if, but, but it's not fulfilling, right? Or, or it's not something where my, my talents can really shine. And so uh, we end up, you know, spreading ourselves too thin. Um, a lot of, uh, of where I found myself struggling over the years, and even now, is what do I want to be when I grow up? Um, what, what do I, how do I want to take this stuff that I know, this experience that I have, this vision, and, and what do I want to do with it? And I think that's a lot, of, a lot of the challenge that I see from business, both businesses, both business leaders, executives, is that they kind of go, I've got this thing, I've got a job, I've got a title, I've got the obligations, and I could do this other stuff. I'm just not sure what I want to do. And so it's putting ourselves in these situations where we try things, we, 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 we allow ourselves to fail, um, we experiment, we, we continue to dream big dreams. It's creating an environment where your life is set up uh, for you to be successful. And you know, one of the big ways to do that is to live a life that's fit, F-I-T, fit. What I mean by that is physically fit, financially fit, and mentally fit. You might call that spiritually fit. You might call that emotionally fit, but you know, mentally fit. And a lot of senior leaders put themselves into a corner by being so, uh, you know, uh, so wasteful in their spending, so sloppy in their spending that they need that job because you know, if they don't get those six digits, you know, the, the boat's going to get repoed and they're not going to be able to go on the vacation. So they put themselves in a situation where they've got to do really ugly things. They've got to be beholden to the man because they just don't, weren't smart enough to be fit. And same thing without being physically fit. You don't have to be an Olympic athlete. But you can't expect to pursue a bold dream, a bold vision without putting in time and effort. And, and, and the same thing goes with, with being mentally strong where you believe in yourself, Right. Right. And all that takes time. It takes time. And so I think the, 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 uh, the challenge for myself is to say, be patient, be fit, live fit. And when your opportunity comes, jump on it. You know, it's interesting, though. I mean, you, you sound very much like an entrepreneur, which you obviously are. But everybody's not an entrepreneur. You know, where, where, does, where do we make that transition for someone, Dan, that, that really wants to chase their dreams, but they don't have that entrepreneurial risk-taking sort of mentality? Well, then, then, then maybe you shouldn't take, then you shouldn't follow your dreams, you know? Uh, I, I think it requires taking risks to follow your dreams. Uh, you know, you know uh, part, part of, of, of having the stomach to take those risks is to uh, discuss 
um, why you're taking the, the risk in the first place. I mean, it can't just be about money. One of the mistakes people make is, oh, I'm going to do this so I'm financially independent, or I'm going to do this so that I don't have to work for that bad boss, or I'm going to quit and go get a new job because I don't like the team I'm with. And, and, and that, those aren't good excuses. Those aren't good reasons um, for, uh, you know, for, for being quote unquote entrepreneur. And the reason why I say quote unquote is that everybody's an entrepreneur now, even bill, billion dollar business leaders now call themselves, well, we're entrepreneurial. That's right. what they are. So everyone's, right. everyone's an entrepreneur. But I think what you have to do is say, listen, I, I'm tired of feeling crappy because I make bad decisions and put myself in situations where I have to do things I don't want to do. I'm going to change that so that I can pursue what I'm passionate about. When you start ramping that up, when you say to yourself, last time I did that, I got into a fight with my wife. I got into a fight with my boss. You know, that caused this to happen. I didn't get promoted. I lost that potential bonus plan all because I wasn't living an emotionally intelligent life. I wasn't doing – and the urgency is I got to fix that. I used to tell people when I was CEO of a big company in Washington, D.C., that when you waste my time, it's almost like you're coming into my house and ripping the milk out of the fridge and saying, no, 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 you you don't get to have milk. And no, no, your kids don't get to go to private school. And no, you don't get to go on vacation because, you know, you know, I would never let somebody come into my house and do that. I would just never let them do it. But then we'll let people waste our time. We'll let people speak down to us about our dreams. And. What's that? It's a level of commitment and urgency and intensity that comes when, you know, you're thinking about the cost of not achieving what you say you really want to achieve. My dad at 45 had a heart attack. He came home the day after he had, he was out of the hospital after having a heart attack. You know what he did? He threw away all the crap that was in the pantry and then threw away the butter. No one needed to tell him <laughs> that he needed to change his life. The urgency went way up as soon as he had a heart attack. And sadly, a lot of people get too late and, and, and spend a lot of their lives not having urgency or intensity. And they go, what happened? Well, you need to have a heart attack. It'll huh. all change after that. Yeah, no doubt. Dan Walshman, our guest in the business locker room. As we talk about uh, ideals around success, you know, what I hear you saying, Dan, is that uh, living life on purpose is a lot li- different than letting life come to you. Call that entrepreneurial. I would, if you're doing things on purpose and you have a plan and you have a vision for where you're going, it doesn't have to be saving the whales or curing cancer. It just has to be something that's purposeful. But you know, one of the things I've, I've noticed, and I want to ask you your opinion about this, it doesn't seem that not either society or our school system uh, really trumpets that or teaches it or makes it a part of the curriculum. It, it, it's not something we learn. Uh, conformity, the right answers, those are things we learn, right? Uh, right. We all say, good, you know, hey, good morning, how you doing? That's what we all say, you know, we'll be going to the office. And you've learned you don't want to share too many of your problems. And, and you know that the danger of trying to be, uh, you know, too creative on a test, right? Because you know the teacher wants a specific answer. You know your boss wants a specific answer. And so you give it. And so, you know, this is, you know, to, to, to get the grade and the grade might mean a degree and the degree might mean a scholarship and the scholarship might mean a, a good internship and an internship might mean, you know, the, the job of your dreams at, at 21. So what do we do? Uh, instead of saying, think out of the box, dream for yourself, we immediately say, just do what you have to do, right, to, to, to get ahead. And so uh, you're right. That's why there's this coming of age in your 20s and 30s and sometimes 40s and 50s where you realize I spent my whole life giving the right answers and not spent my life doing what I need to do. Yeah, good stuff. And I assume that's your BlackBerry or some equivalent going off in the background. Is that you? 
This thing is buzzing like a wild man. It sounds like, sound like bees in the background. Hey, we got a couple of minutes before we take a break. Uh, let's do this. Give, give our listeners two or three very tangible things that they need to do differently starting today if they're going to be more successful in selling and business, you know, in, in starting their own business. Give us something yeah. practical to work with. Yeah, I think number one is, 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 is set aside time each month to review your monthly budget. If I'm, I've been really keyed in on this be fit thing, and I think one of the biggest reasons why, why couples get divorced, the reason why businesses go bankrupt, because they're not financially fit. One key way to do this is to each month sit down, map out all your expenses, you know, and, and Miles is the guy who knows all the technology from Mint to Check.me to others that keep track of where your bills are. Look at every single penny you're paying and ask yourself, is that getting me a little bit closer towards where I want to be? Right. If the answer is no, then you cut it. You cut it quick and you move on. That's number one. And number two is um, spend time doing nothing. Here's what, we all get busy doing stuff. At the end of the day, we're tired. Our bones hurt. We want to sit down. We want to watch a TV show. Sometimes it helps in the middle of the day to do nothing and actually think about what's important. Take 10 minutes from your day at noon or one or two, shut off the light in your office, sit back and say, how's my day going? What am I doing that's getting me closer to where I want to be right now? And those moments of reflection, of quietness, where you're just breathing and thinking and meditating on what's important, do a lot to inspire you to, to keep going. Yeah, that is such good advice. I, I've seen it as well so many times. I've experienced it as well in my younger years, you know, making decisions uh, based on what my current budget is or what my limitations are financially instead of living life intentionally and on purpose and cutting out the things that I don't need. Dan, always great to talk with you, man. Can't tell you much how much we enjoy having you. Thanks for joining us in the locker room. Thanks for having me. That's good stuff. Hey, it's Dan Walshman, and you can find him at Dan Waldo on Twitter. Find him online, Dan Walshman. Dot com. He's a guy you want to read on a regular basis. We're going to take our final time out. And we're going to come back on the other side, and we're going to uh, welcome in Miles Austin for the X's and O's segment. The X's and O's segment brought to you, as always, by our good friend and partner, 4D Sales. And we'll do that right after this timeout. You're listening to Kelly Riggs, and this is the Business Locker Room. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Hi, this is Jeff Shore, author of Be Bold and Win the Sale. More great business ideas straight ahead in the business locker room. Yeah, you got that right. Thank you, Jeff Shore, for the intro. You're listening to the Business Locker Room. Brought to you this segment, the X's and O's segment, where we talk online productivity tools with uh, the web tools guy, Miles Austin. Brought to you by our buddies over at 4D Sales. And I can tell you, of all the tools I've been around, this is one of the really good ones. Tablet-based sales tool for iPad or Windows. Take your choice. Helps salespeople present what they have to show to a client in an interactive, visually appealing, and very compelling Way I use 4D Sales, and man, it's powerful. I was using it uh, just this past week with a client, and I'm able to pull up everything that I have available in terms of PDFs, brochures, case studies, slide decks, web pages, even videos, all interleaved together, and you just slide it like you're looking at pictures on an iPad, if you're familiar with that whole idea. It's right there available at your fingertips, very interactive. And the neat thing about it is, from a sales standpoint, if you're a sales manager or a business owner, you can make sure that all of the latest material is available to every single person in your organization. Just push a button, email a PDF. Just slide over, look at a video, then email that link. Just a couple of quick steps. Really, really easy. 4dsales.com. Check them out. Brand new website, by the way, as they go through some rebranding and uh, launching their new product. It is absolutely fantastic. Miles Austin in the house. Miles, great to have you. Thanks, man. Looking forward to it. And by the way, the uh, the team at 40 Sales um, saved me this last trip. I was gone for about two weeks on the road. And uh, at one point, I the, the plane that was supposed to have um, Wi-Fi connection wasn't working. And thank goodness I had taken my presentation for this big sales convention that I was keynoting at. I had it downloaded onto my 40 Sales iPad app. I was able to review and continue to flip through it for the four-hour trip between here and there. Um, it just really made me appreciate the real brilliance of that tool. Yeah, it's a great tool. Hey, we're going to talk about another one that's um, high on your list as well. Mine, too. Just started using it. We're talking about Nimble, nimble.com. And uh, it is, uh, it's a CRM package of sorts. You said it was, what did you say? How did you characterize that? Something about a cousin to another yeah. Something uh, cousin from another mother, yeah. Yeah, there you go. No, it's. I mean, it really. You know, I think CRM. Anytime you say that, a salesperson's going to get glassy eyes and say, "I don't want anything to do with it." The manager talking about CRM is going to say, "How much money do I need to spend?" Nimble really eliminates both of those hurdles because it's it's really built as a relationship manager, a contact manager. And everything revolves out from that versus, you know, the big players in the marketplace typically are driven from a reporting standpoint. And it's what information can I suck out of my sales team to put into reports that I can go talk to my board about. Right. Completely different approach and, and led by a guy that's a veteran of this business uh, for many, many years, very successful through another company that he launched and started, sold that company he waited for the time that he was required to for the sale, and he's back with Nimble in a very big way, taking advantage, very frankly, of the dramatic changes in not only technology, but in how we do business um, across the board. It's been a great success. 
Yeah, of course, you're talking about John Ferrara, who was a part of uh, Goldmine, the old CRM package. I assume it's still around, although I, I don't see it anymore. It's dominated by other players, and uh, not not to slight Goldmine in the least, but but you're right. Nimble is is way different. It's and you know. My experience, Miles, is most most salespeople they'll tolerate CRM, but they're you very rarely find into raving find raving fans of CRM. Nimble, much different animal in that regard. Well, it really is. It's it, you know I look at it as an intelligent relationship manager. Um, it it takes what we need as salespeople, which is all of the the best information about our contacts. But it gives it to us in a way that's using the leverage of the technology, right, in a simple, efficient, quick, and easily digestible way. Um, and really, just the way that they have built it in this day and age, they've been able to incorporate the social capabilities of online tools and the social media platforms that are really an important part of, of a successful sales organization. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it nice. You know, you first look in the morning, you know uh, who's been connecting with you, who's been talking about you or your product or your services online, uh, the people that you've uh, told Nimble that you want to stay in contact with and you want to have interaction with are right there at your fingertips. I mean, it really is a, it is a relationship manager. I really like that, that idea. Well, it is. And I think, you know, the, the whole concept that I think for me was really intuitive was they have this specific part of their application called the it's Nimble's contact record. Mm-hmm. And that contact record is really the heart and the soul of, at least from my experience, what salespeople need. It gives them all of the information in a single view of what's relevant, the context around all the knowledge about that contact. And it helps them with the productivity to know what steps are next. Um, it also gives the ability to build a, a live, real-time ability for signals for if you believe in trigger events and things like that. Mm-hmm. It all is integrated in together. So it's a, it's a much more natural flow of your business and selling activity than, again, the historical big boys that are out there that are you know, competing against Nimble. Yeah, if I, if I could put it into some kind of context, Miles, from my perspective, you know, in the old days, we had day timers or you go way, way back. Maybe we had note cards where we kept, you know, records of people that we met with and those kinds of things. But most people were working out of a notebook or a day timer or something. But imagine if every morning you could get up and have an idea of all of the phone calls, for instance, that your prospect that you want to talk to do, talk to today has made in the past couple of days. Uh, you know, that, that's the equivalent of social media. They're putting things out there on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. All of that comes to my desktop. It does. And I think where Nimble has, has really uh, stood out from a lot of them. In fact, we've talked about several of the tools on this show, Kelly, that, that do some of these pieces. They do a little of this. They do a little bit of that. They maybe give you uh, a one-page update of all of the social activity for that client that you're going to be meeting with. The difference is Nimble includes all of that, but it does it in a format that is designed as a contact manager. So its focus is on the relationship between you and that person and the history of your interactions. 
Yeah, you're doing a lot of the same kinds of things. You can you can keep all of the contact information. You can manage activities and tasks and assign them to an individual. But you're really doing much more than just keeping a record of tasks. You can actually interact with people through through this tool. And by the way, nice thing about it, you can try it for a couple of weeks absolutely free. You really can. And I think like a lot of these tools, it's really important don't start your trial until you're able and, and in a position where you'll have some time to really dig into it. I think, you know, I would tell you that probably most of my clients and the salespeople that I consult with, they might have five or six of these apps or more on their desktop as dead trials. Don't start it until you're really able to get in, give it a little bit of time, and truly go and integrate in all your other accounts into it so you really get a good example and a good idea of, is this thing going to work for me? And for most people, they're really blown away very quickly. Yeah, and then even better news, as you go forward, you decide it's right for you, and I'm going to suggest you probably will. It's going to set you back to the tune of $15 a month. I don't care who you are. If you just, you're one single individual salesperson, that's affordable. Absolutely, and I think that's really important. I have yet to hear of any of the customers that I work with that are using Nimble that have had to hire a database administrator, Mm -hmm. a report, you know, creation expert. These people are, you know, six-figure jobs. These consultants, these people that do this stuff, they're expensive. Um, And it's really different because with Nimble, you can do all of these things yourself. And you said something really important. I know so many people over the last five or six, ten years even, that have left the corporate space and are out working on their own in in single or small entrepreneurial companies, you're not going to, you just don't want to go use something like a Salesforce or Microsoft Dynamics. It's too expensive, it's too cumbersome, and you'll never get what you want. Nimble is ideal for that kind of an environment where you just want something that's useful right out of the box. Well, and, and it doesn't quit there either. I, the nice thing I found with it is it's completely mobile. So you have it on your iPad, you have it on your tablet, you have it on your iPhone or your Droid device. So you're never losing contact at all. Everything's real time, everything's synchronized, and you've got that unified inbox that's got everything you're looking for. I mean, it, this really has a lot going for it. Well, it does. And I think one of the big successes that the team over at Salesforce has added was their app exchange, where you have all sorts of other products on the outside that interface in. And Nimble has done something similar in an app's marketplace. Because it's brand new technology, it's using state-of-the-art ability to hook into other programs. And so you can integrate in many different accounting packages and calendar programs, etc. There's a lot you can do with it. It's worth exploring. Just go to nimble.com, check it out. They do a great job on their site. And by the way, they've won many awards for some of the most responsive, friendly, and helpful customer service people in their business. Yeah, I'm excited. We're going to have John Ferrara on the show, I suspect, uh, in the next month or two. And uh, we'll get even more insight as his transition from Goldmine into the world of Nimble. Great to have you back, my friend. We missed you while you were gone. Well, thanks. I actually was listening while I was on the road. So uh, it's great to be back. I'm loving it. We got some great tools coming up in the weeks ahead as well. And uh, I think it's the tool season because there's a lot of new stuff coming out right now. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't keep up with it. I'm glad you do. That's Miles Austin. Always the X's and O's segment brought to you by our good friends at 40 Sales. And you heard Miles talk about 40 Sales and how he uses it on the road. And I'm going to tell you, for, for what you get out of it and the ease that it brings to you as an individual salesperson or a business owner, that's a tool you want to look at. 4dsales.com. Hey, that's going to do it for today's show. 
And uh, apologies for uh, a little bit of the technical glitches, but I, I trust that it was worth it to hear Mark Hunter, thesaleshunter.com, talk about his brand new book, Advisor Selling, and also to listen to Dan Walshman recount his exploits over the last three or four months uh, as he's been on book tour with edgy conversations. And again, talking nimble with Miles Austin. Next week, you want to stay with us because next week, Randy Conley will join us. We'll talk leadership once again. He is a VP at Ken Blanchard Companies. Really excited to talk about leadership and explore that quite a bit more. Thanks for joining us here in the Business Locker Room. Find us at bizlockerroom.com. Again, I'm Kelly Riggs, at Kelly Riggs on Twitter. We'll see you next time. This is the Business Locker Room on Voice America. Thanks for joining the Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business-building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of the Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Play to win.